1: My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 145. Hi, guys. How are you? This month, I am featuring two conversations with Mastermind moms, and the theme is around technology. So, Today, you're going to hear a clip of me and mom, Tara, discussing pandemic virtual school and what's really happening when we lift the hood of her brain regarding her kids being in front of screens online with no social interactions in person from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. each day. And of course, you know, we go into other topics because I know Tara pretty well. And she's worked with me for a while and she does all my advanced programs. And, um, so I know her story and I know her triggers and I know who she is and what she kind of has worked through. Um, so we talk about technology. We talk about kids being in front of technology more than we know they probably air quotes should be, um, and this, you know, causes this is how it works. It's like it's around one particular issue, but it's really there's other things coming up for all of us. So we touch on perfectionism and kid comparison and vulnerability and our own worthiness stories and boundaries and apologizing to our kids and our kids apologizing to us. Because as we all know, or most of us do. Um, things often go sideways when it comes to our kids being in front of screens, whether it's that they refuse to get off, they have a hard time buckling down and getting their work done. Um, it's hard to know like what boundaries to set. What parameters to be kind of using to guide you through when they've been on screen all day, but then they still want to play the games and all their friends. They're getting to an age where their friends have are able to, you know, do the messenger or have their own phone, and then you worry that your kid is the one that's missing out. And right now, so many of them, it's a lifeline. You know, uh, interacting with each other digitally is. The way that they're able to interact. And so it was interesting talking with Tara because Tara's kids are in elementary school. And quite often, many of us are dealing with these issues once our kids get to middle school, you know, get to the tween years. But this pandemic learning has sort of like pushed many parents into dealing with a lot of technology issues before they were prepared to be dealing with this, right? They sort of thought they had a handle on it and then you're in a situation where your kids are having to be on the screen all day long, you know, and they're like zombies. So, uh I think you guys will, you know, this is really a conversation um where we're just sort of talking about the realities of it all and you know, I know that technology is a very hot topic and a thing that for many of us is causing a lot of anxiety. And I felt like this month on the podcast, yes, we are going to give you resources and things to help you kind of get technology, maybe, I don't know, more balanced in your life and and give you some resources if you choose to uh, take part in that. but I didn't, I said to, I said to everyone who was kind of talking about that technology is the hot topic right now, I said, you know, the last thing that parents need right now is anything that's going to add to the guilt. So I really wanted to be sensitive about this topic because we're we're all educated. We all know that we don't want our kids sitting and all gorked out in front of screens all day. I think most of us know that. And we have guilt about it, you know, and many times we might be letting them be on the screens more than we know, air quotes, we should be. But frankly, we're surviving. It's day to day. People are working from home. You got things to do. Um, we might be using technology as an electronic babysitter more and more, and we already feel guilty enough about it. You don't need me telling you you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like we're taking it day by day. We're doing the best that we can. So the the thing that I really wanted to give you guys is that message that you're not alone. If you're worried about these things too, I am every mom I've talked to pretty much is, and you know what? Let's just have a conversation. Let's talk about this and let's maybe pool resources together and see if we can just feel better overall. So enjoy today's conversation. And the next podcast will be a a coaching session with another one of my moms, where just a short coaching session where we talk about Uh, you know, some technology issues she's dealing with, with her eight-year-old son and video games and having struggles and power struggles um, when it comes to the video games. And so I think that one will be helpful as well. So enjoy the podcast. Most often people come into the mastermind and they don't, they're not thinking about it. And before you know it, or they just, you don't know what you don't know. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, back when Alec and Avery were a little bitty, we, it was baby Einstein. I remember us putting them like at little teeny tiny, like babies in front of baby Einstein videos. And it like, we didn't know yet that in the first couple of years, actually no screen time, babies don't need to be in front of the TV. That's not good for their brains. Like, if you do if you like need to make dinner or you have you're dealing with other kids and you put the baby in front of a video or whatever okay you're not going to like you're not going to make them dumb you're not going right. to brain damage but like we literally thought that we were doing something good by putting a 6 month old in a bouncy seat in front of baby Einstein videos and mm-hmm. like, I remember my mom like bragging about it like, oh, she (laughs) loved the baby Einstein video. I was like, (laughs) so you don't know, know so often people come in and then they're like, okay, but my four-year-old or my six-year-old has a really hard time getting off the iPad. And, and, you know, you've heard me say it a million times where I'm like, well, yeah, because it's their freaking cocaine and you're taking it away. You know,
0: Mm -hmm. studies
1: have been done. That those highs, those dopamine highs are the equivalent to a cocaine high. So if you continue this, you're just hardwiring them for drug addiction. So we got to put some boundaries and parameters. So you're the opposite of that. Like you and Chris came in
0: and, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. They have, they have their time. Like, it's not like we do nothing, but it's limited to, we do a movie on Friday nights. And then on weekends, they have a set. They have set slots and they know sort of okay. what to expect for how much they can watch. And sometimes there's wiggle room. Sometimes we all also watch a movie on Saturday night, but that's sort of how it is and they don't have iPad time. So that's, that's what we've point. been.
1: But This is my point in setting it up. You guys are not the norm in terms of you came in as an occupational therapist with a lot of, background information on the body the brain development Chris came in as you know he was in med school in his residency I mean like you guys had kids and you got you were you were in the medical field and getting a lot of extra knowledge and training so even when you first came into the mastermind and first started working with me and and you know Chris was I mean well now He's in Russia. So you're still kind of dealing with being a yeah. single mom, even though you're not a single mom, but you were, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And I remember you had, you know, high anxiety. You were a different version mm-hmm. of people back then. 100%.
0: Right? You, mm-hmm. right.
1: you were in a state of constant survival and, um, and you were still like, well, I have them earn coupons you know for or what did you
0: do you get you No, they used to they knew the number of shows that they could watch and avery would make um like a little sticky note and then she would check it off so like they could be in charge of when they watched them they could watch them all at once they could watch them throughout the day whatever but like she would check it off when they got to their total number of shows for the day that was the system that we set up we don't have to do that anymore. Cause they just, they know, and then they'll tell me when they're done. So they kind of police themselves and don't get, I mean, they'll push, they'll try sometimes still, but they know, they know what what we do as a family. But that's the goal is
1: we put those kind of systems in place because like I tell my kids, you know, one day you're, you know, unless I'm willing to go to college with you, like one day you're going to have to police yourself mm-hmm. and, and it'll come actually before college. And so like, you know, that's my big joke that I'll say, especially like to Corey, who just turned 15. Like, I mean, I would love to go to college with you. I mean, those like, we're both pretty thin. We could fit in one of those twin size beds in the dorm and <laughs> frankly, college was a good time, but I'm just not sure that you want me there. You know yeah. and so we want them to learn to police themselves, but you guys were, you know, even in a state of survival, even doing the single mom thing, you were burning the candle at both ends, and you still had systems like that.
0: So you know, what... I have to say though, I mean it didn't initially, when they were very little, I mean, I remember when Avery was like in kindergarten, I would let them watch a show in the morning in the morning and sort of like dress her while she was watching, and the thing that actually flipped the switch for us was Harvey because we flooded and Mm -hmm. we were displaced for a long time and we didn't have TV. And actually previous to that, we had been out of the country for two weeks and didn't have TV. So we just went on this stretch of not having TV and it made me realize how much more I liked it. And so it sort of did the hard thing for me. And then we were very intentional how we replaced it.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's You were like, okay, I thought this thing was making my life easier, but it
0: actually was making. And ask Chris, he'll tell you, like, he fought me to even get a TV back in our house. Mm. I was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't like TV, but I mean, I do like movie nights and things like that, but I would be happier. Just like, I don't watch TV, but it took that hard stop for me to really realize how much more Connection and how much smoother I could actually get things to run without the thing I was using to "quote unquote" help me. It's.
1: Th- I mean, isn't that the case with so many things? It's yeah. like we it, it, something may make our life easier in the short term, um, but then it makes your life more difficult long. I mean, it's like it's like if you use something as a crutch to calm yourself down, like a glass of wine or you know, whatever. And then before you know it, it turns into two glasses of wine and two glasses of wine or half a bottle causes you to feel like crap the next morning. And then you don't feel like exercising. And then before you, you know, and so, yep. it, you know, it's like anything that we think that makes our life, you know, it's just a balance of that, you know, and keeping yeah. it in check. But I I love when we were talking about how you guys really aren't so much the norm in terms of technology. And now you've been forced into a situation of virtual school. So it's like, even though you've had technology pretty well in check in your family, now your kids are on screens from, because they're doing virtual school from eight to three every single day. And and so what I wanted to ask you was um, how is that sitting with you as a mom in terms of like, you know, the thing, our secret worries, you know, when, you know, like worried about your kids or worried about what's going on, like how, yeah. How are you processing that?
0: It's, you know, I have to, I, I, I have to kind of not future trip in some ways, um, because they really do use the technology for, for learning, but I can see, especially with, um, you know, Nellie sometimes that it is a little harder to transition away or just one more game, like even if it's for math, you know, just one more this, just one more this. So part of me is like feel, feels the old sort of nervousness coming up. And then there's also the challenge of um, comparison and fighting, comparing oneself to others, especially when older friends, like fourth grade friends, are allowed to play certain games that we don't play. And it's been a form of socialization. Like we don't do Roblox. We don't do kids messenger. We don't do Minecraft or whatever that games are. And so that's been hard on me in a way, because I worry that I'm. um, Sort of standing in the way of this virtual connection during a time of a pandemic. But at the same time, I think it's led to lots of other really cool opportunities like Avery swaps books with her neighbor. You know, we do some other things to try to form connections. So. Um, well, say, you know, more it's really about
1: that. say more about it's hard on you. Like what part of that is hard on you?
0: Um, you know, just the, just the, I think like a lot of us over the last year are questioning every single decision we make, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, helping them learn how to do the right thing for themselves? Or am I letting my future tripping brain? stand in my own way here or stand in their way, um, should I be giving them more autonomy to help me figure this out together versus letting my fear be the one to continue to just hang on like no technology. Um, you know, so it's just kind of that back and forth in my brain about, um, what the right balance is. And I still feel confident that we have the right balance right now, but it's just that sort of constant brain loop where you, can easily get tricked by your own fears.
1: Do you worry? Do you, with the comparison piece, is it, am I, you know, are they going to struggle socially because like, is that oh, a, a worry there?
0: Um, in, a, in a way, you know, it, it's more just, especially having been, you know, in this neighborhood for like a year and a half, making sure she's having the opportunities to solidify the friendships and gain the confidence in some of that and also learning how to be a responsible technology user. Cause you know, she is nine and a half now. So there's part of that as well um, that, that I think about and, you know, I know she will be cause we're able to have those conversations, but it's really more, more me um, because we have been on, on the other extreme. It's almost more me trying to figure out how to dip my toes in now when maybe the people who have just like completely just been in off the deep end for a longer time, or maybe on the other end where they're trying to figure out how to pull it back. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how I want to move into it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And um, so that's kind of where, where I am, you know, I am sort of quick to say, no, we're not going to try that new thing until I can research it. Or I don't think we need to play that game right now. There's other things that we can do instead or you can use my FaceTime to be in touch with your friend that you miss seeing in person or, or something like that.
1: Well, let me ask this. If, as you learn to dip your toe in, um, can, do you realize that if you dip your toe in and you say yes to something and it turns out to cause problems, do like are you cognizant of the fact that you can say, we tried this thing and it didn't work, so now we're going to dial it back?
0: Yep. Yep. 100%. I think, you know, just because of my cautious personality and my lack of risk taking (laughs) in my bones, I try to set things up to a way where it feels pretty comfortable from the get go. So like, as an example, we did, um, Avery has one of those speed talk watches, so she doesn't have an iPad or anything like that, but she has a watch that's pre-programmed and she can call up to 10 numbers. So if she's at Girl Scouts and it ends early, she can call me. Um, you know, or something like that. And we set up a lot of, you know, we had a conversation about it in the beginning, we set it up together, she helped me come up with what she thought the good rules might be with it. And then we set up where it does not disturb her during school. Mm -hmm. What is the appropriate time you can turn it off? What happens if you don't follow the rules? So like, I really tried to be mindful. And I would have never done that if I hadn't, been sort of through mastermind and kind of had the foresight to maybe think about establishing the real rules ahead of time, knowing that they might change, but I'm trying to be thoughtful about it from the outset. So like, that's one example of how mastermind helped me think through it at the beginning and knowing we can talk about it too and change course if we have to.
1: Well, I think it also, that's so um, that's such a good example of you also fighting against your perfectionistic nature of you know what like we can talk about it ahead of time and it's just like the productive conversation where i tell you know you know i think as parents especially when we struggle with perfectionism we think We have to be the all-knowing parents and get it right from the get-go. And if Mm -hmm. we make a mistake- I'll fight that till the day I die, most likely. Right. There's no take-backs, you know? And it's like, (laughs) no, there's take-backs and there's do-overs and there's all of it. Like you get to be an imperfect parent. You get to go to your kids and say, oops, I made a bad decision or I made a mistake. Um, I really wish that I wouldn't have handled it this way. So I want to have a conversation about this and talk about how we can sort of restructure things like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when we make them, mis- I mean, the growth is always in the messy. So when we make the mistakes or when we need the do-overs or when we have to go back and collaborate and problem solve with our kids, why something that we were trying out didn't work, you know, it doesn't seem to be working. Um, and then we include them and we collaborate with them. And we're like, this is why I don't think it's working, but I want to hear from you. And look, if you have a nine and a half year old or a kid that's like now starting to dip their toes into, more technology, chances are they're going to say, well, it was new and I'll be better. And they'll make all kinds of promises to you. And that's where we get pushed to realize that we are worthy of setting boundaries. We're worthy of of not being liked for a minute by our kids. And, um, And that's when, you know, we hear parents all the time say, well, I'm not here to be my child's friend. But like, what does that really mean? It means during those moments, you saying like, I hear you, I get it. And because I see that there's been issues, we're going to dial it back anyway. Mm My mom, I don't want you. It's so unfair. I'm the only one in all fourth grade that doesn't have blah, blah, blah. And being like, I hear you super hard. And this is the decision I've made. I hate you. It's Okay. I'm willing to be hated right now. Love you too much not to make these hard decisions. Got it. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. 100%. Oh yeah. And I mean, the, with the watch as an example, I think, and I've been like, there were times of exactly what you just said, you know, with some of the gaming things that we don't do, but, um, but now that we're past it, you know, somebody will ask her, Hey, do you play this? Are you on this? And she's like, Nope.
1: Mm-mm.
0: And then that's just it, like, this is the end of the conversation. But I think one thing that did work really well for the watch was, and I mean, it's just her personality as well, but giving her, um, the opportunity to give me the input and help set some of the rules, I yeah. think is really helpful.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, look, I think the more you're able to deal with your own, you know, worthiness to set boundaries like that, to not be liked for a minute without raising your voice by just being the grounded, calm, cool, collected parent. Who's like, I get it super hard. You know, I mean, that was my thing to Avery for all of middle school. And for anyone, if we end up using this as a podcast, anybody listening, wondering why we keep saying the word Avery. It's like, for some reason, every there's like many, many families with Avery's in the mastermind. Um, and I have a daughter, Avery as well. Um, but I remember in all you know middle school, that was the whole thing. I'm the only one in all of Emory Wiener middle School without Snapchat. And um, when can I get it? When can I get it? Not yet. Why can't I have it? Doesn't feel right. Um, and the more I did it, And she knew that I was just going to, like, I wasn't going to be peer pressured by her or anyone else to make a different decision until it felt right to me. And I was perfectly fine with, you know, with the fact that she wasn't happy about it. Um, The more she just sort of would accept my answer and stop pushing. So it stopped being so dramatic because she realized she wasn't going to get a rise out of me about it. She Mm -hmm. was just going to get empathy. I know it's really hard. Well, if you know it's really hard, why won't you let me have it? Because I love you too much to make a decision based on what everybody else has before it feels right in my mom gut.
0: I'm not doing
1: that. I'm not doing that. I love you too much, you know, to succumb to that kind of pressure. I'm telling you, mom, I hear you and you don't have a fully developed brain yet. Like I, like I get that you want that. I get that impulsively you're like, why, why, why? And I have to make hard decisions as a grown-up on your yeah. behalf that you're not gonna like. I hear you.
0: Yeah. You and know? that's the trick right there is, you know, constantly, at least for me, making sure that I'm in a place where my own cup is full enough to have that type of response. And some days it's not. Some days I'm all like, right. just just no, you're not, you know, or like all. <laughs> I, I struggle to maintain that sort of wherewithal to be intentional in my, my response, but it is just sort of having that persistent sort of grounded understanding that this is the deal. This is why Right and and conversation. On those,
1: right, and on those days, like here's the thing, when we're in a pandemic, when your husband is in Russia for three months on assignment, When you just went through, you know, a crazy weather situation like you did in Houston, alone with the girls, you know, boil water notice, no water. Uh, you know, all your neighbors, thank goodness you had a generator, but all your neighbors are without power. You're housing extra people. You're stepping into this whole
0: amazing role that you did. And then weird, weird survivor's guilt in a way of having right. a generator throughout the whole thing. Yep. Right. right. <laughs> and right. So,
1: like, you're like, okay, I'm holding down the fort by myself with the girls, no extended family here, husband in Russia. On assignment, oh, oh, but because of my survivor skill, I'm also going to take in every time, to, you know, all my neighbors <laughs> and feed them and do all the things. Okay, so you're taking care of a million people, and all of a sudden, you hear, you know, one of your girls pushes you on a thing, a technology thing, and oh, yeah. you, of course, you have a moment where you're like, oh yeah, I said so, case closed, done.
0: Yeah, and then, totally. And I had a whole day like that, and it was not that polite. Right, like done.
1: <laughs> no, face closed. You're was, clothes, You're yelling. You're oh, doing-
0: there was yelling. There was right. like just yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So,
1: so we're gonna have those human moments. Yep. And um, and so what my point is is just like how we don't have to have all the right all the right answers at the beginning and we can have do overs and we can try something out and dip our toe in and then say, okay, that didn't really work. So we're going to change the rules now and go back. We can also, I think those moments are important when everything goes sideways, because when we go back and say, you know what? I snapped at you earlier. I was strung out, stressed out, taking care of all these people. And at the end of the day, and so when you were asking me about, could you just play that game or just do that thing? Or, you know, you asked me that thing really, you know, I was prioritizing all these other things in my life over sitting down and just having a conversation with you. Cause I had a human moment. I'm human and you, you know what? And, and I'm sorry for doing that because I'm sure that you were like, okay, I just want to have a conversation with my mom. Right. And, um, and you wanted to talk about this thing and I like made it, you know, I made it a whole bigger thing than it needed to be. And I'm really sorry for doing that because we're all managing a lot of stress right now. We, we, uh,
0: we had a day like that where I had a, a rougher day than I've had in a very long time, I think compounded by all the things that you said. And it ended up in me yelling, them crying, me crying, just the whole shebang. And then later that night, you know, we had a conversation about how to, how to apologize to not say it's okay. If somebody acts terrible and you say, you know, thank you. I accept your apology. And you have a conversation about it. I like totally stole the whole Brene podcast and used it on them about how to apologize because it happens and it's going to happen. And I think that's, that's the thing that I continue to to work on is knowing that those moments will happen and there are teachable moments because they are going to keep happening. (laughs)
1: And they learn so much more from our examples than from us telling them, go apologize to your friend,
0: mm-hmm.
1: blah, blah, blah. Like when we yeah. show up in those moments, I mean, that's the thing that around all of this conversation about technology, you know, yes, we have keep tech in check. We have, you know, a special ebook that that sets out the parameters and helps to give you examples and educate you on all the, you know, the different ways to like, like how much screen time is kind of okay. But right now in a pandemic with virtual school, like we're doing the best that we can. And these kids, their brains are on screens a heck of a lot more than, you know, they really should be. And Mm -hmm. it's just part of the equation. And so I think that, um, when you handle things, when, you know, the growth is in the messy. So when I think it's important to remember, we need days like the day you had, because because those days when it really goes south and we come back together and we talk about it and we apologize and we talk about why apologizing is important. And we're the ones apologizing. We're the ones ha- saying, I had survivor's guilt. I you know what? Daddy's in Russia. You girls need me. We're lucky and fortunate to have a generator. Did I need to take in an extra twelve mouths to feed? Could we have figured out a better way to do it? Maybe yes, so I took on way too much because that's in my nature, and you guys suffered for it, and I suffered for it, and I'm super sorry like I'm like I'm super sorry that that happened. and then all of a sudden. We're more connected. We're more bonded. They get to see mom being vulnerable. They get to see mom being imperfect. And that's when you have kids that get older and they make mistakes and they easily admit that they've made mistakes. All these little moments where we're doing that, I think it really does send the message to our kids that they never have to pretend to be a perfect human. They're allowed to, they're allowed to fuck up, you
0: know? Mm -hmm. And I think doing some of the, the fessed up work for me, I mean, if nothing else, it's at least getting me to more reflexively after I have those human moments, just take a second and be like, what just came up for me? Like, why did that trigger me? And then, you know, even if I can't get quite to the root of it, I have been starting to say to my kids afterwards, like, that really wasn't about you. You know, th- there was something that was coming up for me and it was just <sighs> building up all this stuff inside of me. And then it made me explode. And I want you to know it wasn't about you. And that still doesn't make it okay. But it's some of mommy stuff that was just like, you know, just made me kind of lose it in the moment. So, so I think, you know, I've been trying to work that, that wording in and the fessed up stuff has helped me um, figure out some of the themes and some of the triggers too. But yeah, I I think what you're saying, the point is, is I've been trying to be more open with talking about that stuff to my kids. So they start figuring it out a lot earlier than I did.
1: And it's amazing when you start to talk about it. And you start to weave it into the conversation. Um, it's amazing how much easier it gets to weave it into the conversation, and um, and it's almost like it become. It's like uh, I, you've probably heard me talk about that. How when Sarah Blakely, you know, the founder of Spanx,
0: yep,
1: and she said that you know, I mean you know, the guy Raz from how I built this podcast was like, how did you become this person? Like, like what gave you this kind of courage or confidence to like do what you have done, you know, and, um, with no real education, um, about, you know, making a product, creating clothing, um, how did you do this? How did you start doing this at 26? And she basically said, you know, we had this ritual around the dinner table where my dad said, what'd you fail at today? And so it was, if you're not, you know, if you're not failing, you're not trying, you're mm-hmm. not learning. And so when we share, here's all my oops moments or here, not everyone, you know, but it's like, ugh, listen to this. Um, and holy crap. Like, what was coming up for me there i really exploded on you guys and like you probably were sitting there going what what just happened
0: like mm-hmm. who are
1: you and where is my mom you know yep. the more that like we just own our human moments I think that it becomes part of like the family culture, which is like, we can all own those human moments.
0: Yeah. And I have like one second and then I have to get Nellie into class. But the the final thing that I wanted to say is that I do find it interesting. There's a whole different conversation that I probably am going to have to go on mute. So I'm not going to be able to keep talking, but how much easier I find doing that with my kids than I do with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like that for everybody or just me, but it's so much easier being vulnerable with people that you're hoping to mold. I think somehow,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Rather than with your partner, who might, who mm-hmm. maybe there's that fear of also of them bringing it up, you know, at a time yeah. where you're like, like they're going to hold it against you. Yep,
0: you know? yep. Not that, yeah. you,
1: not that Chris, you know, Chris is such a good guy, and that totally.
0: At, at it's, again, it's my own stuff holding me back from that. It's that vulnerability. It's the perfectionism. It's just the, you know, all of the stuff, but it, it, I have been noticing how much more easy it is for me to have those really vulnerable conversations with the kids after not showing up as my greatest or nearly greatest self than it is when I'm jabbing at Chris about things. Well,
1: and I'll say this, I know you have to go on mute, but I was just looking with esther perel and she was talking about couples and she said you know you know as couples we want to point out what the other person's doing wrong all the time but just own it own all your stuff she said owning your part your role is freedom and so and and she said it's so hard you know it's so hard but owning it is freedom and that's really was her main advice so Yeah,
0: (laughs) Work work in progress.
1: Work in progress for all of us. Get it. Okay, just as we wrap up, I just wanted to say, don't you love Tara? She's so smart and awesome and in real life, exactly the way she sounded on that podcast. I love her to pieces. Um, And you know what? Right now, I think, you know, we're all just doing the best that we can. And, you know, just like Tara's husband being in Russia for three months and Tara and the girls living in Houston with no extended family close by in the middle of, they just served, sort of, you know, they just got through that whole crazy winter storm that left the entire city in a national state of disaster without electricity and without water for several days on end. Let me tell you guys, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was like, you, we didn't have any water. Almost everyone I know didn't have any water. And, um, the, the hardest part for me, cause we did have bottled water in my family, but, um, um, I shouldn't laugh because there was a lot of people that really, really suffered and we were for the most part, just dealing with first world problems in my household. Um, but yeah, not taking a shower. Yeah, like not taking a shower, not being able to rinse off before I go to bed. Like that's one of the little simple pleasures that I enjoy is just like being clean and not that I wash my hair all the time. Don't, don't get too excited over there. Like I'm not washing my hair every night, but I'm just doing a quick rinse off and it feels so good to get into your sheets and you're all clean and yummy. And like, I was like, how am I supposed to sleep? I feel so ick. Um, but yeah, so we like, didn't have water. I mean, that was crazy to me even during hurricane Harvey, um, or actually it wasn't hurricane Harvey. It was the flood. It was hurricane Ike. There's been so many disasters over the last few years in Houston. Um, we're almost all becoming experts at this, but, um, yeah, we even had water during that crazy flood, but you know, look like Tara, we know too much tech is not ideal for brain development. Like she knew that. Right. And she was that parent that lived. Like she was, she w- I've never been the parent that lives without a TV for a period of time. Like, come on, no way. Um, but she was that parent. Right. And we know we shouldn't let them rot in front of screens for hours on end. And yet some days it's just freaking necessary. Right. And maybe it's necessary because of school and they're in virtual school. And maybe it's just necessary for our sanity because we are all in a state of struggle for the most part right now. And I think hearing the real deal, right? Like not the stupid, perfect, perfect Facebook post, you know, oh, we're all bonding and playing board games every five seconds. Like the real deal, like, like. Like I had days that were a shit show and I didn't handle it like this. In fact, there was some yelling and there was some, um, right. Like hearing the real deal from each other, even a mom that is as eloquent and likable and amazing as Tara being like, yeah, it didn't always sound like this. Like realizing that we aren't the only ones, right. We aren't the only ones who were struggling with these things and worried about our kids and worried about all the things, all the things giving us anxiety, right? Like, I think that's the most helpful tip I can give you right now is that you're not alone. We're right here with you. We're going through it too. And we, we will get through this. Right. We will get through this. So hopefully you guys did get plenty of tips woven into our conversation. And, um, and we do, I promised you a resource. So we have opened up a private resource from our mastermind. So if you want more concrete tools and tips to keep tech in check, I'm not pressuring you to do so. Let me just say that I'm not pressuring you to do so. But if you do want more concrete tools and tips, um, we're unlocking a free resource for you guys right now for this month um and it is our keep tech in check ebook i wrote it myself and pooled and found tons of resources and it includes um i'll just read to you some of the things some of the topics that are covered in it and i really create i really didn't want to create this like i'm not a super formulaic, systematic person. Um, But we had so many parents consistently asking me for my personal tech contracts with my teenagers. If they'd hear me talk about, you know, putting things in writing, they'd be like, can I see an example of that? And so I was constantly having to go and like dig up things and take pictures of all the scribble scrabble of the, because the contracts we use in my family is usually in the kids handwriting we sign it, we leave it in the kitchen somewhere, like in a stack of papers. And if I need to, I pull it out and I reference it, but we just get it in writing because there's something weird about when you get things in writing, kids act like it's like you had it notarized. They think it's the law. So, um, so I just know when I have a productive conversation and we're problem solving something that's become an issue or a struggle, we get that shit in writing. So people kept asking for for it enough that I was like, I guess I need to write like some kind of a technology something. So, So the table of contents, um, tech mistakes we make, these are some of the subjects that we cover, tech mistakes we make, keep tech in check, having the family meetings, um, the four basic blocks, some of our recommendations in terms of, you know, screen time and and just kind of like guidelines that you want something to kind of base your family systems on. You know, if you're, you're, my brain doesn't automatically come up with those systems. So it always helps me when people tell me like what their system is. And then I kind of like, we'll talk to a few people on different things and I'll, then I'll decide on what my system's going to be. So we gave recommendations. Um, we gave examples of rules and contracts. We even gave you guys some like contracts if you wanted to print them out with some blanks. So rules for littles um the contract for tweens and teens the addendum for cell phone usage so like if your kids you know get to an age where they're you're you're going to give them the cell phone and you're sort of dreading doing it Um, we have a contract with an addendum on what the rules are around cell phone use Um, and this is of course just our recommendation you are going to tweak and change it however you see fit um, because you're the expert on your family um, we have an addendum for tech for homework. Like what about when you you're, you tell your kids, you know, okay, we've agreed upon this time. And they're like, but wait, I need to use my computer or I need my phone for homework. So we have something that is an addendum for that. A code of conduct for social media and internet use, right? So when they start to use the social media, um, how do we spell it out from the get-go? So um, if you would like to to download this free resource, just go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash tech check. That's T-E-C-H-C-H-E-C-K. Tech check. Mastermindparenting.com forward slash tech check. No spaces, all lowercase. Enjoy.